the show. He joins us with some of that story. Uh, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well as Navy crews work to recover debris from that suspected surveillance balloon off the coast of South Carolina. Some new details are emerging about its size and other Chinese sky balloons, spy balloons in the skies over the United States. NBC's George Solis is in North Myrtle Beach with the very latest on this. George, good morning to you. Craig, good morning. We're here at the site in North Myrtle Beach where that possible balloon debris was recovered over the weekend. And just this morning, moments ago, we were here as what looked like more military personnel boarding what looked like two small boats also gearing up with scuba gear and heading out toward the Atlantic. This is telling that the search for debris continues this morning. This morning, crews are zeroing in on the wreckage from that Chinese surveillance balloon with the U.S. Navy releasing these new images of the ongoing recovery efforts. The Coast Guard setting up a security zone around the crash site, the size of about 15 football fields. Military divers are using robotic underwater equipment in the ongoing search and recovery operation. Can we, can we stop it just for a moment? I, wanna, drama intensifies. I just want to stop this just, just for a moment. All of this is, you know, th this doesn't sound like they were completely prepared for all of this. As much as the president, you know, he, he was saying, uh, this this doesn't sound like we were fully prepared for this. All right, let it continue. He reserves the right to retaliate against the U.S. for shooting down the balloon. They made it clear to China what we're going to do. They understand our position. We're not going to back off. We did the right thing. It comes as U.S. officials reveal stunning new details about the actual size of that balloon saying it's as tall as a 20-story building with a payload similar in size to a regional jet weighing more than 2,000 pounds. The administration says its size was a factor in the decision-making process to wait to shoot it down. Meantime, U.S. officials hoping to use the debris to learn more about China's spying abilities. We have already been able to learn uh, a fair amount about the capabilities of the tradecraft of this balloon. Here in South Carolina, authorities are urging the public not to touch or take any debris that might wash ashore. Residents here describing that initial startling scene Saturday when this U.S. military jet shot the balloon down with a missile. I heard a sonic boom. We just saw that when the jet went by, all of a sudden, it just was a popped balloon, and it started coming down. Uh, China continues this. This was a weather balloon that drifted to their Chinese. To the John DePietro Show on 99.9 .9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. Some of the things that, you know, people are reporting these UFOs, and then we find out that it's surveillance balloons. Sorry about that, JR. Folks, at 119, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 .9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by Limitless Outdoors. You know, as I look at the forecast, it is a very good chance. So... Obviously, on, on, on this Tuesday, February 7th, and the rest of this week is 
pretty much looking, other than some rain, but looking pretty mild. And we can look ahead till next Thursday. And this entire time, potential for a little flurry of snow, maybe on Saturday. But for the most part, look at Friday is looking at maybe 57 degrees. My point is, if we look at the calendar and we could get to next Thursday, the 16th, and we're halfway through the month of February and no real snow. See, this is one of the reasons why you want to call Limitless Outdoors. Call them today, 401-580-1852. 401-580-1852. Get a free quote. They're based in Smithfield. Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways, steps, outdoor kitchens, Landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installation, excavation. If you want to add an addition onto your home, whether you realize it or not, number one, it's it's very expensive to do it. Number two, you have to get zoning, all this stuff. But what about if you just added on and used your current outside, your property as it is, and you had an outdoor kitchen, had an outdoor fireplace, had a fire pit, had a full patio, and we're talking about something that you start to enjoy, you know, I don't know, about 12 months a year, but nine months of the year, eight months, somewhere in there. Listen, call, their slogan is dream, build, enjoy, limitless outdoors. Call Chris, they're based in Smithfield, free quote, let you know, Chris and his crew come over to your property and let's dream because it is limitless what they can do outside. Limitless Outdoors, 401-580-1852, 401-580-1852 for Limitless Outdoors. Well, folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM right now. Now, again, I recognize at 122 on this Tuesday, tonight is the State of the Union. Um, I, other than I, I'm glad, I think it's almost like a coming out party for Kevin McCarthy. This is his first real time up there. Instead of Nancy Pelosi sitting there, it'll be... The vice president, the president, and we're going to see uh, Speaker McCarthy up there. So I think I'm happy for him. Other than that, and then we'll have the Republican response. But I, I just don't know where <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm tuning in for entertainment. I'm tuning in for entertainment. I am. Now, some other stories of the day. Pawtucket police searching for missing man believed to be endangered. Pawtucket police searching missing man, Raymond Goslin, last seen 6 a.m. this morning, Pleasant Street, wearing a blue jacket, 61 years old, white man, six foot two, 175 pounds, gray hair, brown eyes. He's using a walker, frequent cemeteries, believed to be in danger because of physical or mental health issues. So we have a missing person right now in Pawtucket. Brockton is a very serious situation with trying to get all those patients relocated to another hospital. Um, 
Let me also see this. Oh, okay. Uh, former mayor of Cranston, Steve Laffey, has announced he's running for president. And I guess he was on Good Morning America. Yeah, I want to, um, let's see. Why not? I want to run this. Hear him. I guess he was on GMA this morning. So this is the first sit-down interview that I've believed. Yeah, that's coming up at 2 o'clock. Um, well, we don't know what they're going to make public. We don't know. Hmm. Um, okay, let me, um, let's see. Let me find. Boom, boom, boom. Let me find the Laffy GMA piece. All right. I think we have that. We do. Okay. um, Former. Well, I have it. I don't know why it's not. Okay. Oh, it sounds like it's a long interview. So here with us to discuss... Here we go. Is presidential candidate Steve Laffey. Welcome. Good to see you. To be with both it's of you. nice Thank to you. have you. Congratulations to both of you. Yeah, really good show. Life Thank is you. good. Let's yeah. talk. Let's jump in. Yeah. Um, let's talk about you've said that you believe the next president of the United States should be a financial expert. Yeah. Why do you believe that? Because we have a financial crisis staring us right in the face. We've just crossed the public borrowing of 20 trillion, or $24 trillion. We can't take anymore. Uh, my party has been spending, under, unfortunately, under Donald Trump, they spent overspent by $8 trillion in four years. Remember when Republicans went after President Obama for $8 trillion in eight years? Much of this money has been wasted, whether it's the corruption of the PPP program and so forth, uh, $800 billion, and law firms getting $56,000, famous people getting money. It, it's corruption. And so we need someone who's a financial expert now who has the business acumen and then, you know, we, I fixed the city. We fixed the bankrupt city. So we've got to take this and go to the American people and say, listen, no one can just say things like we're not going to touch Social Security anymore. I heard President Trump say it the other day. I saw Speaker McCarthy say that. That's fiscally so immoral. Listen, it's my campaign now, but it's really about the people who have kids or have nieces or nephews. We have taken so much money from the kids that they don't have a future. We see this with the jobs they can't get. We saw what the Fed Reserve did with the money so people can't buy a house. Who got rich? Rich people. Who took it on the chin? The guy making $65,000 a family of four. He can't take a $4,000 increase in energy course. That's why I'm here. This is what I do. And we're going to get the message out so we can fix this now. In 2006, you made a bid for the U.S. Senate, but yeah. fell short in a primary. You blamed sabotage on the Republican establishment. What do you say to people who say this is a long shot for you, running for president? Well, number one, I didn't just say it. I wrote a book through, through Penguin Books called Primary Stake that proved that the National Republican Party made giant mistakes. And I sit before you as the only elected Republican to ever run for higher office to be attacked by the Republican Party. So, so I've been through it. That's another thing about, you know, and as far as long shot, Listen, there's something. I, I have the qualifications. I have the only real qualifications. Look at my background in education. I took the fi- top finance course at the University of Rhode Island. I've educated my six children, public school, Catholic school, Montessori school, and I personally homeschooled them when my daughter at 18 came down with stage four neuroblastoma. Why would that not be okay for someone to come literally off a small farm to say it's time to fix this country once and for all? It can't be that Republicans hate Democrats. It can't be that Democrats hate Republicans. Why can't we find issues? I mean, we talked this morning. 
You, you lived in, in Jackson, Mississippi. We had an office there. We have a connection in the South. Your mother taught you how to, how to read at an early age. You did it for your child. I have six. We know that's true. We know that young people have to learn how to read at a young age so they can get ahead. And what have we done? So what I need is name, name recognition. You got it. And thank you for having me. But there's something called the Internet also that, you know, works, right? So, so we can overcome that. What are the other people going to do? What are they going to say? I served Donald J. Trump for four years or two years. I said I'd never run against him, but here I am. Do we need more of that? Maybe it's a time for the emperor with no clothes or the emperors with no clothes or empresses with no clothes to be pointed out in a debate in New Hampshire one day. So we're going to take this mess nationwide. And listen, you only want me when you have these kind of problems. It's a hard message. It's hard to tell people who, about Social Security that we can get young people who are 20 a lot more money. We can give the money to the retirees who already have it, not change their program. No cutting for them. But someone 45 years old might get less under my program at SteveLaffey.com. When you fix things, like, like you fix a carburetor, don't you pay money to do so? Unless I had dinner with one of my section mates from Harvard Business School. Listen, I'm a public school kid. I went to Harvard Business School. I know what to do. And he was like, listen, Steve, I'll pay more. I just got to know it's fair for everybody. So we need a tax system that's fair, right? We need the Fed Reserve to change its ways. They can't print any more money. We can't take it out here. Look what they did to the middle class. Rich people, fine. They did great. What's $4,000 to them? I'm making 65. That's who I'm running for. So you're obviously very passionate yeah. about cool. this. Um, you mentioned kind of the fighting between Republicans and Democrats. And even within the own, their own parties, you see this fighting. Yeah. What is your strategy for going up against former President Trump, who has the name recognition, the, the money, and all I of that? I think the strategy is simply this. Where former President Trump did the good things, like what we think the judges as a, as a Republican, I'll say great. You know, I watched him talk about alcohol use on TV, about a 15-minute segment. I've never had a drink of alcohol in my life also. We sh see, we share that. You know, his situation with his brother Fred. But the things about saying things like, I want more of those negative interest rates, it's wrong. <laughs> so we got to point that out. The, the amount of debt, the PPP program, signing off on all these things. It was wrong. It can't be done. It created the inflation through the Fed. I may be the only person running who understands this. This is my background. And that's what we need now. Not just a businessman, a financial expert who, by the way, my difference also is this. I always felt that President Trump, and I say this with all due deference, didn't know how to put the right people in the right job. That's what I do the best. Call the people at Morgan Keegan. Ask them. That's my. That's what I do. I get rid of people nicely that don't belong and put the right people to serve the American people or serve Morgan Keegan or serve the people of Cranston in the right job at the right time. That's my skill set. And you talked about a family member dealing with serious health issues. Uh, how has that changed your perspective yeah. on health care? Hugely. I mean, I've seen between five to seven million dollars of bills cross my desk that I didn't pay because I am blessed. And I, and I go to the Ronald McDonald house for a couple weeks at the beginning, and I see a lady who is from Montana who I hadn't seen her husband in, in six months. I'm in Colorado. He's cutting wood or something up in Montana. She's got a one-year-old. You, you spend enough time in a children's hospital where my wife and daughter went to live for a couple of years. That's why I started homeschooling kids, because I didn't want my three youngest to have to do something different. So that's why you haven't heard from me for a long time. But yeah, we need better care. We need better outcomes. You didn't hear about my other daughter. My other daughter had a seizure problem that went on for 10 years. And because I moved to Colorado, after nearly being killed at Hasbro, my daughter, Audrey, with a seizure, seeing 30 a day, you see them, and going to Harvard and Yale, 
Only with better care and the best doctor in the world, Dr. Ratlapasert, was she cured. We need every doctor to see that doctor. That's better care. All right. 2024 presidential candidate Steve Blaffey. Uh, thanks a lot for being here. Thank you for so much for having me. God bless. Thanks. Of course. And up next, right here on GMA3, the All right. So, first interview, first interview for Mayor Laffey. There it is on GMA. Um, first reaction: a lot of compelling things there. He'll 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 get it down. Need to work out the talking points a little bit. I think he was a little nervous. I don't blame him. Needs to hone the message a little bit. Um, you know, they asked some things about, obviously, you, you want to come up with a good answer about Trump. And what are you going to do about that? Um, certainly the connection to New Hampshire. But, I, I mean, the fact that he's planning on really making that his base. So, all in all... You know, you, you got to do the first one. That that interview is not going to make him or break him. It's not going to define him. But at the same time, you know, I think he'll uh, learn from that, hone it a little bit, and then get a better sense uh, a sense of some of the answers that he's or the questions I should say that he's going to get asked, folks. This portion of the John DePietro show. It's brought by It's My Health. Pop in and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Now, on this sunny Tuesday, you can see Marie vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products, acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products. It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health. So at 134, folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Remember, whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, they're waiting for you. At the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. I want to go through um, nationally, I mean internationally, the big stories that earthquake in Syria, in uh, Turkey, excuse me. Um, and, and just this devastating earthquake that has uh, taken place in the destruction. And then you also have Super Bowl week. But locally, I would say in in, in you know, the United States, in our country, the biggest story is, in fact, the president's State of the Union and President Biden. And I, I know there's certain, he'll say certain buzzwords. All the Democrats get up and applaud. The camera will go on Matt Gates. The camera will go on Marjorie Taylor Greene to see their reactions. The cameras will go on AOC. Um I I just I'm curious to see how President Biden is is going to make it through the speech, because you would think it would be easy enough that a president can read off a teleprompter a 30 minute speech with everyone just applauding. But this is President Biden that we're talking about. And I'm also I'm very curious to hear 
if he, what am I looking for tonight? Whether or not he's going to announce in some way that he is running in 2024. uh, And also, what is he going to say about, I, I think the balloon, that is, that's the biggest, you know, problem or not problem right now, but that is the issue. Okay, now we have an update. Police have ID'd the hiker. Barville police have provided an update. Body that was pulled. The woman has been identified as 67-year-old Jane Finkelstein of Harrisville. Police say she is a practicing child psychologist with an office in Holston, Mass. Her body was partially submerged in the pond late Sunday morning, 20 feet from shore. Police said she was known to hike in the area, and they believe she fell through the ice at some point on Saturday. There is no evidence of foul play, according to the Burville police. All right, so that answers that question, and that is very tragic. And it was obviously very, very cold on, as we know, Friday into Saturday, but it wasn't that much. But again, repeating, police have identified the hiker now. Found in the Burrowville Pond, 67-year-old Jane Finkelstein of Harrisville. And they believe that she fell through the ice. So there's that. That's a a big update. I know people have been uh, very concerned about that. And and then later today, coming up now at 2 o'clock, is going to be the arraignment of Lindsay Clancy. And this is the first time that we're going to see her, I believe. I mean, the plan is that she's going to be via Zoom. But the I, I am anxious to hear certain things about it, including the tone that the prosecutors are basically going to uh, take towards her. So the the tone of... Are they, how many details are they going to um, reveal? Um, Are they going to get into some of the, uh, some of the details of what, you know, what went down, what happened that night? I noticed as I read the Boston Globe story a little earlier, they were... I'm also, folks, you want, we want to hear what prison that they are going to have her wait at or what hospital, what hospital. Is she going to have to go to Framingham? We don't know. Um, But that's a big one. And that could also tell us, I think, of how aggressive they're going to be on the case. So are they going to go along with the not guilty by reason of insanity? Um, I think we're going to learn a lot from this. It's coming up in just 20 minutes, but we're going to learn a lot about the arraignment now of the Duxbury mother, Lindsay Clancy, which is set for two o'clock. So I want to hear, I think this is, um, yeah, uh, Boston 25. I believe has a piece on it. Uh, let's see. 
How come? Julian Lima is live from Plymouth District Court. Okay. We're claiming his arraignment will happen later today. Julianne, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Jean. Good morning, Lily. We know the arraignment is scheduled for 2 p.m. Lindsay Clancy herself won't be here in court, though. She's going to be arraigned over Zoom from her hospital bed. Prosecutors say Clancy strangled her three young children, then jumped out a second floor window in an apparent suicide attempt. This happened... Two weeks ago today, her husband was out running an errand. Police say he arrived home to the gruesome scene and called 911. Clancy's attorney argues she was being over-medicated, prescribed a dozen different prescription drugs for her postpartum mental health struggles. He says he's considering an involuntary intoxication defense. Her husband actually went to the doctor the week before and asked for help and said, you know, you're turning her into a zombie. And it was just a brutal, brutal existence that they were living her parents were aware of this they were trying to help out the husband as well and this family as i said earlier was on a road to hell and unfortunately they're not coming back now as we know in most cases a jury simply determines if a person is guilty or not guilty of a crime but there could be a third option in this case lack of criminal responsibility coming up in our next half hour you'll hear from a defense attorney and what he says that would mean for this case Reporting live outside Plymouth District Court, I'm Julianne Lima for your local station, Boston 25 News. Now, I think that's going to go on for quite some time, meaning the case. Uh, but I think today we're going to, we, we possibly could, could learn a lot. Uh, still an unknown, still an unknown with how much they're going to reveal. But right now it's 142 on this Tuesday. Still, I think we're going to... I think learn a lot regarding um, with what happened that night. And more importantly, I think it could also, we could get some indication based on what hospital they have her recovering at. If they agree to the hospital that the defense wants compared to if they instead insist on, it, it sounds like if she goes to MCI Framingham, that could have impact on the case as well. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show. Now, listen, we still have a long way to go with winter. I want to remind you about Matthews Oil Company. Call them today. Fill up your tank. 401-942-7500. 24 emergency service. Trusted oil delivery. Matthews Oil Company. 401-942-7500. Cleanest grades of heating oil. Premier dealer, Rhode Island, highest quality. And remember, various payment plans are available. It's Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. 401-942-7500 for Matthews Oil Company. Well, folks, good afternoon. At 143, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. So coming up. At 2 o'clock, I think we are going to um, learn a lot more about this case against the Duxbury mom. I'm also seeing this story. The U.S. shot down a suspected Chinese spy balloon. What happens now? <laughs> this is in the Boston Globe. James Pendel. With Americans looking to the skies and cable news tracking the flight path of a suspected Chinese spy balloon across the United States. It felt briefly like a real-life version of the movie Don't Look Up. But after days of neck craning and debate, the balloon was popped 
shot down Saturday by an F-22 fighter jet. And now we're all left to ponder. So now what? It's not news. The government spy on one another and the other population. Spying is how the United States learned of the internment camps in China. Meanwhile, TikTok, the widely popular Chinese-owned app, collects data on millions of Americans as they casually scroll through viral videos on their phones, which is why the whole balloon thing was so odd in the first place. Bunch of different ways China could collect the same information. Why would they do it in a way that was so brazen and head of a meeting with the U.S. Secretary of State meant to cool tensions? Here are three things to consider. China reserves the right to take, quote, further action. But what that means is unclear. China admitted ownership of the balloon. You know, I can't tell you the number of people that keep saying, how do you know it's theirs? How do you know it's theirs? China admitted ownership, but said it was simply collecting weather data. When the balloon was shot down, the Chinese government issued a statement saying the the move was an unacceptable, irresponsible action and that the government reserved the right to take further actions. What China means by that is very unclear. It could mean they simply don't know either. But one place where it could get messy is when American military aircraft fly over the Taiwan Strait. Beginning with the Trump administration, continuing under Biden, U.S. military has routinely flown over the strait, trolling China by saying it's passing through the international waters and airspace. For its part, China contends all of Taiwan is part of China and believes the strait is under Chinese control. So if America has the right to shoot things down, China might argue it can shoot at an American aircraft even if the airspace is disputed. Number two. Republicans won't solely be on the defense this week. In a short term, Republicans seem almost giddy about the whole episode. After a very rocky start to Republican control the House, Biden will have the floor to himself for an hour tonight during the State of the Union. Republicans now seem to feel as if the balloon controversy, namely, why didn't Biden shoot the vessel down sooner, is a chance for them to go on offense. Or at least change the conversation. And number three, Americans could start data collection efforts by China more seriously. The American political elite has very much awakened to the fact China is something to discuss and counter. I want to mention this again. Americans could start taking data collection more seriously. It's one of the rare areas where both parties agree. But the rest of America may not have fully appreciated the data collection going on from China or the other ways the country is trying to outmaneuver American leadership and influence. It's possible that something everyone could clearly see, like a giant surveillance balloon, will mean there's increasing pressure on leaders to act more aggressively toward China than before. I agree with that part. And I think also uh, it needs to come down to what a lot of people don't fully recognize what our relationship is with China. The fact that 
China and Russia are very aggressive towards us. I think you don't hear a lot out of the Biden administration in this party. All of the talk or negative talk about China seemingly was coming from the Trump administration. So it it almost seems to go hand in hand that that's how they viewed it, that being tough on China was was more of something from the Trump administration. By the way, we're also hearing that former Boston Mayor Marty Walsh will reportedly leave Biden's cabinet and take over executive director of the NHL Players Association. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but but I, I think it um, I think that those two superpowers, Russia and China, whatever could be done, whatever could be done to get people to understand that we need to take both of them very seriously, I, I think is positive. Let me also see this. Um, let's see. The scene is a familiar one. Anyone 90 sitcom fan. Jerry Seinfeld in front of a microphone riffing to a crowd during a stand-up routine. But it isn't Seinfeld. The figure on stage, Larry Feinberg, is a pixelated approximation of the famous comedian. It makes sudden jerky motions and speaks in a digital monotone. An electronic beat plays in the background and the show never, ever stops. This is the oddity and to some, the eclectic charm of nothing forever. An art project made up of a never-ending stream of episodes parodying Seinfeld that uses artificial intelligence program GPT-3, the strikingly responsive text-generating program that empowers the viral AI tool chat GBT. Nothing forever began broadcasting on the live stream platform Twitch in December and attracted a following online for its ambitious surreal application of generative AI, which can theory, in theory crank out strange imitations of Americans' beloved sitcom forever, or at least until early Monday morning when the Nothing Forever artificial comedian made several transphobic comments in a stand-up routine. Feinberg, proposing ideas for future comedy routines, says that being transgender was a mental illness and ruining the fabric of society. But no one is laughing, so I'm going to stop, he said, after making the comments. Where did everybody go? Shortly after, Twitch suspended the channel for 14 days for violating the platform's community guidelines. We're super embarrassed. Um... Let's see. Twitch declined to comment on the suspension, but excluded an excerpt from the community guidelines. Let's see. Nothing forever. Four years ago, discussing the idea of an always on show inspired by 90 sitcoms. So this is so I, I need more background on this as I'm reading this. And now I am curious to see you seeing a lot about this artificial um, intelligence means, but I didn't know in in what platforms that it was essentially being used in. So 
the artificial artificial intelligence program. I don't. It's odd. I know that they're saying that that is the future for uh, entertainment. Now, tonight at the State of the Union, afterwards, Arkansas Governor Sarah Sanders will offer the State of the Union rebuttal, joining the president at the State of the Union. Bono, Tyree Nichols' family, I believe Nancy Pelosi's husband will be there. Let's see. Here are the guests. Maurice Candace Barron of New York. The parents of three-year-olds survived a rare pediatric cancer. Lynette Benar of Arizona. Bono. (laughs) Irish lead singer of U2 for his advocacy for global health. Deanna Branch, whose son was diagnosed with lead poisoning. Kristen Christensen of Seattle. Caring for the injured Navy veteran husband and father. Mitzi Conlon Lopez of Pennsylvania. Maurice Dion Dykes of Knoxville, training to be a teacher. Darlene Gaffney of North Charlestown, South Carolina, breast cancer survivor. So these are all the people that Biden, the, the president mentions, and then they stand up. Kind of human props. Paul Pelosi. Severely injured days before the midterms, a man with a hammer sought to harm the California lawmaker. And also, um, these are all the people. And then, obviously, Quitty Pay, who plays now for Indianapolis, who went to Bishop Hendrickon, is in fact going to be the guest of Congressman Seth Magaziner. So he'll be there as well. You know, I remember when I, I actually remember when Tom Brady attended the State of the Union. I think he was a guest, I want to say, of Laura Bush. But um, so we'll see. That's all again tonight. Now, coming up at two o'clock. And again, folks, good afternoon at one fifty four. You're listening to the John DePietro show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breaknickel Road in Lincoln. Remember, lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. So this portion of the program is brought to you. Coming up at two o'clock is going to be the arraignment of the mother of from Duxbury, Lindsay Clancy. This portion of the program brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. You take the last exit in Rhode Island. You go past the Attleboro train station, and you're going to arrive at the intersection of Newport Avenue and Benefit Street. Hang a left, and there you'll see Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. And that's where John Francis, whether it is ammo or firearms or Maybe you have some ammunition or maybe you have some firearm, some firearms that you'd like to part with. Maybe you'd like to be a little more liquid. Did someone pass away and maybe they left you their collection? Well, you can sell it to John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. And remember, check his Facebook page because he is um, consistently Posting new items that he has in stock. Remember, if you have some firearms that you'd like to sell, 
contact John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies, and you could sell them outright or sell them on consignment. But the place you want to visit is Competition Shooting Supplies. So, folks, again, good afternoon. It's one fifty-six on this Tuesday. They have identified. They have identified the body of the woman that was found in the pond in Burville. And it now seems as though she, they believe it was a hiker who, in fact, may have fallen through the ice on Saturday. So I'm also seeing the attorneys representing Gabby Petito's parents have released this photo from her cell phone. Gabby was violently assaulted, likely strangled before her interaction with the police. They're suing the police the way they handled the interaction. She does have a cut on her eye and looks like she was hit in her left eye. Again, I don't I don't know the time on that. I can tell you that local media is gearing up for this two o'clock um arraignment of in fact the mother from Duxbury. And I I think we're going to learn a lot more about, I think we're going to learn more about it. We're going to find out in just a couple moments. I am curious. There's a lot of details about this case. And we're going to find out just how much the prosecutors are going to reveal. And that's something to listen for. We also want to listen. I think it's going to be important to listen for what hospital that the prosecutors, what the, where they recommend she wait, and then, because she's still, I believe, rehabilitating, and what the judge is going to decide as far as where she's going to go. So that is big. This is going to be the first time that we have seen her. Now, the mother from Duxbury, she's not going to be in the courtroom. She's not going to be in the courtroom. They're going to, I believe the plan is she's going to be on Zoom from her current hospital room. So as we approach 159, again, reporting uh, the big story of the day locally, they have identified the body of the woman that was found in the pond in Burville. They, I believe police are speculating they think she fell through the ice on Saturday. She was found on Sunday. Tonight, is the State of the Union address with President Biden that we'll talk about tomorrow. Whether he likes it or not, the balloon is taking center stage. And then coming up at 2 o'clock is going to be this arraignment of the Duxbury mother, Lindsay Clancy. And and we're going to find out, I believe we're going to find out more about the events of that night And it was two weeks ago now, two weeks ago from today, and then more importantly, where she's going. Folks, listen, enjoy this Tuesday. Thank you for listening. We're back on the radio tomorrow at 11. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news coming up next. WNRI, Winsocket. WNRI.